Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Rebel Starbuck with you here on Shooting the Shizat this week. Dylan, my co-host, across the table from me. Yeah. There you go. What's happening, Dylan? Well, you know, we're there's lots happening. We had money in the bank there. Interesting uh, pay-per-view. We got going on that, uh, well, the Raw happened, I guess, with the... Uh, the special guest Mick Foley. Boy, that was anticlimactic. Yeah, well, it like, looked he looked like he wasn't uh, thrilled to be there, let me tell you. Well, let me tell you this. It's like I don't know if it's a shift in their audience or what, but like the fact that he doesn't get a response, like the, his contributions to the wrestling business and he gets like zero to nil response for when he comes out. Does anybody know who he is in that audience anymore? That's you the know? thing. It's yeah, it's like has that shift, that generational shift happened or do people just not give a shiz at anymore? Well, and I think, uh, I mean, we're going to talk about uh, the money in the bank. We're going to talk about this uh, 24-7 title. And oh. we're going <laughs> to, <laughs> as you probably guessed our opinion. But um, And then we're also going to give you our preview and predictions for this humongous first of AEW All Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing Pay-per-view coming out uh, this Saturday, uh, bright and early for us. At, I think it's 2 a.m. Sunday morning, but uh, Las Vegas, somewhere in the afternoon there as most wrestling events start. But let's, uh, you want to start first about this 24-7? Yeah, why not? Shizat. Well, I'll tell you what, this is like the reincarnation of that hardcore title from back in the day. Yeah. And it's it doesn't do anybody any favors. It's It's like... I understand that in when you got 30 hours of television, more or less, I mean, you can, yeah. you can consider it to be television, but you, of content, you need 30 hours of streaming content on average or whatever uh, per week, original content yeah. with the network. Yeah, well, this is another piece of the puzzle, right? So, I guess. But, I mean, I just don't see this doing anybody any favors, and there's too many titles to begin with. Yeah. There was a good, uh, let's call it a rib, on uh, that being the elite uh, YouTube show where there was a fan question asked about um, how many titles are you going to have in all elite wrestling? And uh, they said, we're going to have the basic ones because once you start putting too many titles, you lose the prestige. That's you know? the truth. You know, back in the old NWA, and, and the thing is when I was a kid and a, a youngster, yeah. a young teenager... Um, I followed, of course, WWF. I followed international wrestling out of Montreal, Canada, some stampede wrestling, uh, the UWF, Universal Wrestling Federation, and the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, which was, by the way, my favorite. Yeah. Now, if you look at the 80s NWA, now you, it's really tough to get a better uh, roster of actual raw wrestling talent. We're talking about guys that are... I wouldn't say raw is not the right word, but of of like capable wrestling hands. It's really tough to get a better roster. They had as good as good gets. I mean, th- those guys, like even the ones that came to WWE, guys like Masked Superstar who became Demolition Axe. And, yeah. And, and a lot of those guys like from even Mid-South, like Ted DiBiase, Junkyard Dog, they came up through Mid-South slash UWF to WWE. Jake the Snake, um, you know, you know they they all wrestled somewhere else. Ricky Steamboat came from the NWA too, yeah, right. So the thing is, these all of them they cut their teeth 
in the Southern Territories, which more or less uh, was the NWA. The UWF, uh, Mid-South, by the way, uh, it's the only promotion, I think, during the 80s, uh, one of the only ones at least, that was an unofficial affiliate of the NWA. Oh, really? Yeah. They, they, were, they, they didn't pay dues, uh, they, like the annual dues to the National Wrestling Alliance. They weren't actually a member, but they used their champion. So Flair came through that. Ric Flair came through the uh, territory several times, uh, defended his title. But, oh, yeah. But that they didn't, uh, like, they weren't, how could you say, uh, dependent upon uh, affiliate booking. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, everybody that I know, you know, all those legends at that time that came through uh, the NWA into WCW, and uh, I guess, well, it kind of transitioned into WCW, right? But um, And then later on into the WWF or E, I mean, they were all the biggest stars, Mm -hmm. the biggest. And I guess because they had established themselves, they had years of, uh, like, proper experience under their belts, and those were the guys that you you know, had to push into the future. So, I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we were talking about those titles. titles. Yeah. So, so they had the, the, um, United States championship from back in the day. So like in, in the eighties now I'm talking. Yeah. They had the U S title, the television championship, and then the world heavyweight championship. In addition to that, they had the tag team championships. And I mean, they did have a women's championship, but you, there wasn't much in the way of women's wrestling back then. I remember, I remember back in the eighties, Misty Blue was the women's champion for the NWA, right? And and they hardly ever featured her, like on any broadcasts, at least. So basically, you're talking about four relevant titles. You're talking about the worlds, the U.S., the television. And the tag team straps. Yeah, that's all you need. Yeah, you, you don't need any more than that. I mean, it's it's that like kind of in in the way like intercontinental. You know that kind of just the uh, current landmass or whatever that you know North America, United States, Canadian, whatever Mexican championship, Japanese championship. Yep, that's right. Some something like that, and then of course the world. Yep. You know, it makes a lot of sense that you have those tiers. And, um, you know, once you get a little bit, I mean, and I mean, New Japan Pro Wrestling should talk too, because I mean, they have this intercontinental, this world, this never open weight, mm. uh, never open weight six man, the junior heavyweight, the heavyweight belts. The uh, English title? Yeah, they've mm. got now with the Rev Pro and then the mm. US title. So, I mean, they're, I think, I think adding new belts is not, I mean, is not the way to go, because no. it, in my opinion, diminishes the value of, of the belts that are actually there. And the way they had guys like clamoring to get this belt, they mm. were like running around like chickens with their heads cut off, like a bunch of idiots in a lot of ways. I felt really bad for those guys depicted, you know, that they're just running around the building trying to find Bobby Roode and then he's Ron Killings or R-Truth throws him in the trunk and tricks him. I, I don't know, it, it rubbed me such a wrong way that... That this is like a, this is just a comedy belt, you know, to fill fill time, use those guys that are not getting used uh, in a poor way, might I add, but they are supposedly saying that this belt is being defended uh, always, at least on the third hour of Raw, because that's when their ratings are the lowest. 
Well, I, I give that belt maximum one half year. I don't. I don't see how it can hang around. You know. No, no. It's it's going to be max, max. Yeah. Six months from it, now. It looks terrible. Do you remember that storyline, by the way, that uh, Kurt Angle's son, when he was Kurt Angle, was the GM? For oh Ron, God, yeah, yeah. And there's this Jordan. Yeah. What's his name? Was uh, was supposedly his son. Right. How long did that story last? Yeah, it just kind of faded away to nothing. It just went away. Yeah. That they built up to that hard, eh? They built. Uh, Kurt Angle's going <laughs> to release a statement. It's coming up. Oh my God, you're going to blow your mind here, and then no. Uh, yeah, that's it. So they had Mick Foley coming out. Mm-hmm. He just looked. I, if you watch the video back, and he's like reaching to to you know give the big reveal, and you could see it in his face, like. Ah, oh, shizat, this is going to suck. You know, this. what What did I put my body through, Yeah. you know, to just to be the... Because they, they had to call on some legit dude, mm-hmm. you know, to unveil this, this title. Well, the thing is, is like I said, it's like a reincarnation of that 1990s uh, hardcore championship. Yeah. So if you're going to have a hardcore championship, kind of like uh, given a facelift here in the current era i guess mick foley is the guy that you would you know have it you know i guess be the spokesperson but still i by the way did you hear that mick foley actually said supposedly that he would be willing to do one more hell in a cell with the undertaker (laughs) okay they'll need (laughs) i mean no offense to those guys again you know they are they are solidified legends in my book but no but just plain no, we'll need a like a motorized wheelchair ramp. You know, they they they've done so much for the business that I respect, and everybody should respect those two guys. Mm-hmm. Like hats, every hat that you have in your house is off to those guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But don't make them do it. You know, just don't. And I, you know, if they want to do it. I still don't think it's right. Right. Speaking of like legends or like these old timers coming back or the experienced, you know, veterans, part-time vets now coming back. What do you think of that Super Showdown match for June 7th in Saudi Arabia with The Undertaker against Goldberg? Yeah, well... What what do you think is going to happen there? Like, how many minutes do you give that match, the guys being in the condition that they are, and uh, thinking that with the toolbox that both of them bring to the table, I can't see that thing going much over five minutes. It's, It's all money, you know. I think it's all... Saudi Arabia. That's what I thought. Thought that's what I Dusty Road saw on the last show. But uh, on the last Saudi Arabian excursion, what was it? The Crown Jewel. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And uh, what was it before the greatest Royal Rumble or something? Yeah, well, and, that that was on that show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, was it yeah, at yeah. the same? Okay, yeah, it wasn't its own deal. But uh, but my point is that they basically jammed into that show all these legendary matches. So they had a ladder match from what I remember. You know, they had even kind of a tournament. And so it was, in a way, maybe the Prince or whomever it is that digs wrestling just wants to see live what he missed growing up or something like that. Maybe. And maybe. Uh, wants, has some idea that just the sheer idea that you would have Goldberg mm-hmm. versus The Undertaker I mean, that that's supposed to be awesome, but it, maybe it would have been awesome like 15 years ago. I don't know. Maybe even 10 years ago could have been could have been okay. Mm-hmm. But Goldberg, I think, is in pretty good shape, mm-hmm. but doesn't have a, much of a toolbox. And The Undertaker, I'd be, 
I just don't want to watch him come down to the ring. I think you know he could break break an ankle going down there. Mm-hmm. You know he's he's done his time more more so. I really so. think that yeah, Undertaker should be wrapping things up uh, yeah. in the condition that he's in right now, and I think that I mean he should go out at WrestleMania if he's going to go out. I don't I really don't understand why this year they skipped him at WrestleMania. They didn't have an Undertaker match. Yeah, I think it would have been. Definitely something that uh, they could have finished, you know, big on. But then again, they had Kurt Angle retiring this year, so I don't think you want two retirement matches. Yeah, I guess. But the thing is that I don't know how long he's going to keep on going, but they're paying him good, I'm sure. Um, nonetheless, nonetheless. Well, t- talking about just a quick about that um, that uh, super showdown, showdown, showdown happening in the. Saudi Arabia, I guess they're just going to call it, we're at the Super Showdown the whole time, but um, Mm -hmm. uh, there is, at at the present time, at least four WWE superstars who have uh, said they don't want to go. And I heard uh, Kevin Owens is one of them, who else? Kevin Owens, uh, uh, Daniel Bryan, he didn't go the last time anyway, so I think he's pretty much uh, not ever going to go. And then... uh, Sami Zayn, I think, is actually not even allowed to go uh-huh. because of his uh, heritage, uh, or at least, I, you know, I don't know, you know, what's real or what's not there, but the suspect, suspicion uh, of his heritage uh, kind of clashing with Saudi Arabia, so... So is he, like, partly Jewish? No, uh, uh, well, maybe, but... Uh, what is his background? I'll I'll look it up as we talk. But uh, well, and then, speak, if it's if it's a thing about being Jewish, how can Paul Heyman go? I I don't think it's Jewish, but it's the it's the country that he's from, uh, or like not him personally, but uh, he's from Canada. Well, yeah, his background. Let's. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, he has I, on his tights um, uh, some something there, but uh, I. Sh- you know, this is a... Well, as you look, I mean, I'll just run yeah, through yeah. some of the other matches. Also, so, also Alistair Black said he's not going to go. Okay, well, there you go. So there, yeah. All right. Well, uh, that, it is it is what it is. I guess that's why now on SmackDown this past week, uh, they actually had Dolph Ziggler come out and uh, do a number on Kofi Kingston, which I guess sets up Dolph versus Kofi at Super Showdown. But that said, they're all, they also have um, Randy Orton against Triple H. Okay, uh, yeah. In, in another match. But anyway, the thing is that, from what I heard, Fox now, I guess Fox now signed that massive deal with uh, SmackDown, right? Right, yeah. Right, so it's like, what, $2 billion or whatever it was. Um, I heard that they want, as a marquee match on Fox, they want Goldberg against Brock Lesnar again. Right. Well, that was done a couple of years ago, and I guess they, they were, well... They believe in it. So anyway, mm-hmm. so I'm betting you anything now. I'll spoil, well, we're going to get into this money in the bank thing in a second. I'll spoil it enough to just let everybody know that Brock Lesnar won, impromptu, won the men's money in the bank ladder match. And uh, me says, me thinks, that Brock Lesnar goes to the Super Showdown and cashes in on Kofi Kingston. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I think that he cashes in on Kofi after Kofi defeats Dolph Ziggler. And then your new champion is Brock Lesnar in Saudi Arabia. The Undertaker falls in his match to Goldberg. 
which sets up Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar from here on forth. All right. That's my prediction. Yeah. Well. So, uh, Sami Zayn's background. Sami Zayn, yeah. uh, I forgot all about, but yeah, he's Syrian, I guess, in his, uh, in the back there. And he's even got some Syrian or Arabic writing on his tights, at least, um, and uh, Saudi Arabia and Syria don't uh, diplomatically get along very well. Uh-huh. There was, uh, after, I guess, the Syrian civil war is when things really heated up there. So I guess um, they don't take too kindly to Syrians uh, in Saudi Arabia. So he, I don't know if it was his choice. Probably he might have said he's not comfortable with it and maybe uh, they just don't want any kind of issue there. So, yeah. Sami Zayn having a a Syrian background of some sorts, not also going to Saudi Arabia with the likes of Alistair Black, Kevin Owens, and Daniel Bryan. So well, there you go. Yeah. Well, that's it for WWE news this week, pretty much. But um, yeah, we'll run down Money yeah, in the Bank, I yeah, guess, yeah. after we'll, the old sponsoroonies. Yeah, we'll do that in a second. But uh, before we do so, we should also mention here that uh, as we do this broadcast, I've got some big news. Oh, yeah, that's Personally, right. yeah, that's before we get into the thick of things with Money in the Bank and our wrap-up of that event. In a second, uh, on June 29th here in Finland, WrestleAid is the next big uh, international professional wrestling super show. It's actually, when I look at the card now, and it's being promoted by myself, Slam Wrestling Finland, uh, with three other event organizers. And uh, I think this very well might be the most loaded card that I am aware of uh, for the entire summer in all of Europe. I, I would say that's a pretty damn good assumption. Yeah, and and, and I'm not even shizatting anybody. I mean, the thing is, I'm actually... I. I'm not aware of a single other promotion that is this loaded as we are. We got, it was supposed to be eight nations originally. Well, now it's 10. Okay. It's nuts. Yeah. So it's, what is the, it's, it's just like mega launch, right? It's, yeah. It was, it was 10 there. Now it's going to be 10 here. Anyway, the thing is that, uh, as was announced this week on Friday, the big announcement which has international ramifications, is that Meiko Satomura from Japan. No. Wow. (laughs) That's huge. That, holy crap. Meiko Satomura. Holy macaroni. Is coming to WrestleAid. Meiko Satomura, she took part in uh, the Mae Young Classic 2018, and she almost got to the final. She was defeated in the semis by Tony Storm, who is the current WWE NXT UK Women's Champion. But anyway, the she point... She is a legend. Yeah, she is a legend all over the world. She's she's wrestled since 1995. Just think, she debuted in 95, and then, I think it was for Gaia, that's G-E-A, or G-A-E-A, yeah, yeah, Gaia <laughs> Girls, yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in Japan. They made that documentary, by the way, that, did you see that? Everybody? I haven't, no. Well, it's but, brutal. Yeah. It's brutal, yeah, the, how they, at the dojo, how they train the new ones. Yeah. Uh, if, if folks, if you haven't seen it, check out the Gaia Girls documentary. Just Google that term. Yeah. It, it'll knock your socks off. Just brutal. And I mean, she, she is, some of, when I watched that, uh, women's uh, tournament in WWE. Mm. She, she was the real deal. I mean, 
literally knocking seven uh, shades of shizat. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. Just just like totally beating the living tar out of those chicks, but Oh yeah. Uh, and the thing is wow. I mean, yeah, yeah, and so like basically my point is she debuted 95. Well, in 1996 she already debuted in America for World Championship Wrestling. Yeah. For two years, she wrestled for WCW. I'm reading that here. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Yeah. So the One is, year. Yeah. One year in the business. And she's, she was that good. Mm. She, was she that, is that good. She is. And now, still to this day, she is that good. So she's been around for quite a while, man. She's a legend in the professional wrestling industry. Such a nice person, too, to boot. And I'm so honored, and we are so honored with Slam Wrestling Finland to host an international superstar, Yoshi legend in the pro wrestling game in the world of Puro Resu and professional wrestling worldwide, Meiko Satomura coming to WrestleAid on June 29th. Whoa. Get your tickets for WrestleAid 2019 through Ticketmaster.fi. Punch in WrestleAid. Get them now and don't miss out because in just over a month... It's going down, folks. We'll get back to you with the Money in the Bank rundown and the wrap-up of that show after a word from our sponsors. On June 29th in Rama, Finland, it's the biggest international pro wrestling super show in the Nordics of Europe. Wrestlers from 10 different countries in eight big matches featuring Matt Cross from the USA, Yoshihiro Tajiri from Japan, Sadie Gibbs from England, Jörn Simmons from Holland, Ivelisse from Puerto Rico, Scotty Davis from Ireland, Starbuck from Canada, Heimo the Wildman Ukonselka from Finland, and Mako Satomura from Japan. Part of ticket proceeds will go to the Finnish Muscular Dystrophy Foundation, Lihastau Tilipo. Be a part of the biggest international pro wrestling super event in Northern Europe this summer. Tickets now available through Ticketmaster Finland. Get yours today. Skip is the oldest sports supplement brand out of Europe since the 1970s. Engineered by professors, doctors, and scientists at Sweden's leading medical university, Karolinska Institute, Skip products are pharmaceutical grade, meaning that they are the highest quality available on the market today. Meaning they work. If you're after results, you wouldn't put low-octane gas in a turbocharged high-end sports car engine, would you? Neither would you put junk-quality supplements into your body as an athlete. All Skip products are first tested amongst top athletes to ensure their efficiency. Choose the best. Skip Nutrition. That's skip.fi. S-K-I-P dot F-I. Red Skull Hot Sauce. Fiery sauce focused on flavor. Made by a Canadian in Helsinki. Awesome sauce in a sweet-ass skull bottle. That's Red Skull Hot Sauce. R-E-D-D Skull Hot Sauce. On Facebook and Instagram. Are you looking to boost your social media game to the next level? Then go to at Earl Creative Media on Facebook and Instagram for an affordable, professional, creative content provider that can suit your needs. That's Earl Creative Media on Facebook and Instagram. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen. So we just had WWE Money in the Bank 2019. I'll tell you, the first thing on my mind from this show is that 
after watching that woman's ladder match, yeah. First of all, I think the girls last year were more ambitious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I think this year it was quite lackadaisical. Um, certainly, like, what's the word I'm looking for right now? It was maybe a bit uninspired. Underwhelming. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's hard. Like, I, of course, have never been in a ladder match or anything of uh, that degree, but... Um, with that many people, and you got to do a certain amount of minutes, I mean, like you tell me, how difficult is it to, to pull off something that is actually inspiring? Well, the thing is that, first of all, the contestants or the competitors in a ladder match have to be really carefully chosen because yeah. it's not for everybody. No. Okay, I've, I've had one ladder match that I can remember in my career, and I mean, the thing is, okay, if you understand the mechanics of it, you can pull it off, right? Yeah. Okay. It's it, the thing, but the thing is that to make it into a spectacle, to really like make it mean as much as you can, you have to be damn athletic and be mm. able to like do a lot of really crazy things and put your body on the line. And the thing is that uh, unless you're like one of these Shelton Benjamin types, these Ricochet types, Dolph Ziggler types, yeah. Um, you know, if if you put guys like Kane into the match, like I'm not saying you can have one Kane. In yeah, the match, I hear you. Right, you can have one Braun Strowman in the match, right? But you can't have like two. Yeah. <laughs> Any more than one is too much. Yeah, yeah. Everybody else has to be like, for lack of a better term, almost like a spot monkey. Yeah, they got to take bumps though. I, yeah, and the thing is, well, we'll get to it in a second. Yeah, but yeah. This year in the men's ladder match, oh geez, I, I feel gonna... so sorry. Mm-hmm. Like just physically, as a wrestler now for twenty five years, I feel so sorry for the bumps that were taken by one Finn Balor. Yeah. Oh man, I've seen. Well, of course, I saw the match and I saw the gifts that just like highlighted that stuff, and it and. How, what's the best way to cheapen those, like, terrible and, uh, you know, very brutal bumps is to have a guy walk in and not take a bump, but just pull that briefcase down right in front of your face. Yeah, we'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. But yeah, that women's match, yeah, lackluster, I guess. I guess I I expect as a, going in as a fan... Mm. You're gonna have a ladder match. It it needs to be crazy. I mean, that's that's what the kind of the the pigeonhole that you put yourself into when you have such a gimmick match. Yeah, you have such a level uh, to live up to. And even in WWE and Ring of Honor's done some pretty insane ones. And then mm-hmm. just back in the day, the classic Razor Ramon uh, versus Shawn Michaels. You know, that's that's in that way will live on test of time, I guess. But um, I mean, do you have all this stuff to to kind of uh, gauge yourself upon? And I know you, you can't keep like going, uh, you know, pushing the envelope every time. But uh, if you can be solid, I guess, then and crazy enough, I think it's it's a solid sold match. And uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, in that girls' ladder match, who stood out in your opinion out of all the girls? What do you remember from that match? Not not even exactly who, but what? What do you remember? Yeah, well, what I remember actually was a lot of stuff that was tried uh, that 
that um, they must have seen, you know, somebody else do, and it just wasn't pulled off to a believable degree. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of like, I'm going to hold this for you, and you're going to take a few slow steps, and somebody's going to watch you do it, and then you're going to jump off and barely make it to to the move, the drop kick, or the whatever that you're yeah. you're trying to do, or there. And, you know, it's not just the women that are guilty of this, of course. I mean, it's when you have these ladder matches, uh, I don't know, so, sometimes, you know, people just, stuff doesn't translate, I guess. Maybe you have this idea in your mind that it's going to be awesome, and then you go out there and try it out, and you realize that this is not awesome. And I don't know, is it the agents that are saying, you know, you're going to do this and that and the other, and mm. and they give it a shot, but... um yeah, I was underwhelmed, well, I'll, I'll say. The thing is that we had Bailey, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Ember Moon, Mandy Rose, Manday. Mm. They're, they're really making her out to be like the, the, the absolute sex symbol of WWE right now. I guess, yeah. Yeah, they're really pushing hard on that. Anyway, uh, Naomi, Natalia, and Nikki Cross. Nikki yeah. Cross is not translating on the main roster. Whatever she was in an NXT, and she was pretty good mm. for, for that crazy girl gimmick. Uh, but she doesn't, she, somebody actually wrote that she comes across like a female Eugene. Really? Now. Yeah. It's like, there's some Eugene-like mannerisms about her. Right. But anyway, the thing is that I'm not quite sure that's what you want. Um, <laughs> you um, know, I, 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 I you yeah. know, yeah. I, I worked with uh, Eugene in uh, Ontario, um, mm. picked him up at the airport and all that jazz. Really, uh, very pleasant dude. He was addicted to Tim Horton's coffee. <laughs> it, it, I don't know what else he was addicted to at that so time. So is Lance Storm, but, by the uh, way. It, well, hey. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think he was, was he coming in from Nashville? I can't remember, but he said the first thing he's got to do, we got to stop at Tim Hortons, and he bought like four of these giant tins of ground coffee. Oh, yeah. To, to bring back home because he was out, and he just was like itching for Tim Hortons. So whatever they put in that shizat, I guess it's good. But uh, like stand-up guy and... Uh, a very good, like, at least at that time anyway, he was a very solid fundamental uh, worker. So, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it, was a, it was a pleasure to get to know him for that short time. But the character, I'm sure, I mean, he was playing that uh, that gimmick at the same time as well. But uh, I don't know. that I don't think that character. That was not a money character. No. no but yeah. I mean, I'm, the thing is, I was with Eugene in Smash in 2010. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, nice enough guy, yeah. I mean, it's like we got along great. But the thing is that uh, we even went out to karaoke, by the way, together. <laughs> Japanese karaoke. Yeah. Yeah. In the wee hours of the morning. Uh, but anyway, the thing is that um, still, in this match, Nikki Cross, I mean, just on the main roster, doesn't translate right now. Uh, her craziness or whatever, that intensity didn't carry over uh, as a whole. Yeah. But I think out of all the girls in this match, the one that really stood out, like, to, to any, like, I would say, yeah, honestly, any degree whatsoever, was, well, Ember Moon. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, yeah I guess, ju- yeah. yeah. I mean, and the thing is that I don't think she stood out to the degree that she could have. That's the whole thing. So, I mean, it's out of, like, okay, so A, B, C, D, E, whatever. As a grade, I give this match maybe... um how many bucks? We do the no, bucks, oh, don't get we? The bucks out of five? Yeah. Bucks out of five? Yeah, five bucks. Uh, I give it two and a half. Two and a half bucks. Max. Max! Yeah, yeah. I buy but it. But 
But the thing is that, I mean, you know, that, that one, what's Ember Moon's finisher called? I forget. <laughs> anyway, but the thing is that, uh, you know, it's, it's her, her finishing move. She, she did that off the, um, off the ladder, jumped and did, uh, quite a, a high spot in that match. Yeah. Hitting her finisher. That was on, huge. On Italia. The Eclipse, is it? Yeah, the Eclipse, yeah. And the thing is, I think that, you know, like, you know, that's why you got girls like Natalia in this match. You know, somebody who's been there for 10 years is, is that you're going to need somebody reliable to take the big stuff once you yeah. got to get some stuff done. You that's, know, that's it. That's the whole thing. I mean, it's, you got to have her there, right? But yeah, so this match wasn't all that great. Bailey took and won the match and then later on went to cash it in. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, there was, they had a lot of pressure here to deliver like a, a solid pay-per-view. Yeah. You know, as we know, Double or Nothing's coming up. It's the first, uh, show of uh in AEW history if you're if you don't count the all in um i guess that's their pre pre show to their big to their big time but yep. um you know they they've had about 6 months to prepare you know mm-hmm. so you know that they're going to deliver something yep. uh, probably pretty fantastic you know uh so i mean there was a lot of shenanigans going on tonight and it didn't uh uh, in this match, uh, who was it that came down to help um, Sonya Deville? Yeah, and to help uh, Rose get to the, Up try the to get to that briefcase, yeah. and mm-hmm. she wasn't in the match, and all that jazz. And this is the kind of thing from uh, from word on the street mm. is what uh, AEW doesn't want to do. They don't want these shenanigans. I'm sure, like every once in a blue moon, mm-hmm. it's great. It's great pop, yeah. you know, because you don't expect it. Yeah, yeah. But when it's literally littered on every card mm. that you have. Mm-hmm. So I was a little disappointed with that. Like, I thought that they would kind of let up on these kind of shenanigans. And, um, but there you go. Well, the thing is, like I said, for a ladder match to work, you need to have a certain level of athletic prowess. And, and you, yeah. like, the actual competitors in that match need to have that aptitude that that type of match requires to get over. And if you don't, you've got to color it up and have the bells and whistles and all the gaga in between. Otherwise, you don't have anything. So yeah. anyway, next match, Rey Mysterio defeated Samoa Joe rather quickly. At WrestleMania, it was like, what, one minute? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it was like one minute, and uh, Samoa Joe choked out uh, Rey Mysterio. Now, this match, I guess they in they were supposed to go longer. But all of a sudden, I don't know how, Samoa Joe starts bleeding around the eye. And they yeah. they had to cut it short. They did. And the thing is, they they just had to pull like a rabbit out of the hat and, and get out of that match because as soon as he started bleeding, you can't have blood on WWE broadcast. Nowadays, mm-hmm. it's PG. And it's a big no-no. They couldn't stop the match. They couldn't halt it. So they had to go home early. Yeah. And, and they did. Yeah, and uh, I think... You know, it looked like he had blood out of his eye and his nose, but I think yeah. it all was coming out of his nose and came, went into his eye. I'm not sure, of course, but... Um, I think he had a cut underneath his eye. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah, okay. on the cheek. Well, yeah. It, it looked it looked badass. And to yeah. me, I was like, holy shizat, that, that's awesome. And, you know, the ref made a terrible three count and all that coming. Well, the, the thing is, I mean, Samoa Joe's shoulder was clearly... Up. Yeah, and he was the ref was not even not even close to being able to see the shoulders, so no. you could definitely see that this wasn't a planned 
finish. Yep. Uh, if you want to go into that territory, but well, they can play off it now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and Dominic, yeah, Ray's son now is uh, is a young man. He's no longer the little Dominic that was at WrestleMania 21. Yeah, when uh, bigger than his dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Back in WrestleMania 21, when uh, Ray took on Eddie Guerrero, but now he's honestly like a tall drink of water. Yeah, and I I've seen uh, Ray's Instagram where they're training together, and he's he's been training him for a while, I guess, or. Or whatnot, and uh, uh-huh. that was my theory actually. When uh, one of the big reasons why Ray went back to WWE, because I mm. think that he he wants his son to get a foot in the door here, and uh, I mean, what better place to go to start out anyway, mm-hmm. get some face time than uh, WWE? So I think to me that was part of the deal uh, I think that, it's that some, got him back. Yeah, I think now with this story, with uh, Samoa Joe, you know, getting cut and whatnot in that match ending prematurely i think they're going to go in the obvious direction at some point where they're going to have joe just destroy ray's son yeah that'd be great right yeah i so think maybe, it would maybe be that's that's this... his initiation into the wwe wrestling part of it yeah and to me samoa joe is the one of the most standout uh workers on their whole roster and i mean ray mysterio is a legend as well and he's he's never disappointed me um other than when he didn't uh, wrestle Jushin Thunder Liger again, anyway. But uh, I get it; it's business. But um, th- this is a actually a pretty cool storyline. So, and Joe sells it so well. Mm. And uh, I hope, yeah, I hope it keeps going as well as it does. I mean, the match was a little bit weird, but but then again, I guess it's a it's an answer to Joe beating him so quickly at uh, WrestleMania. So, yeah, and and the beatdown was good from Joe afterwards. Yeah. So. Anyway, then we had Shane McMahon against The Miz in a steel cage match. I still say somebody has to teach Shane how to throw hands, some like throw throw his punches. Um, sometimes he's okay. Sometimes he connects. Sometimes he just doesn't. And and the thing is that you can't be sloppy sometime and then be on on point uh, the rest of the time. You you've got to be consistent. I mean, you've got to have uh, a solid game from A to Z. Yeah. And uh, Shane, especially with his punches, doesn't have that. Um, no. Anyway, so, but Steel Cage match. The thing is that I think that Miz doesn't carry over as a babyface. Uh, he's not a natural babyface. I don't, uh, you know, to me, he, I, it, it made... Miz looked kind of like a chump. I don't know what better word to go here, but I I didn't really. He just doesn't. He's not like a lovable guy, and I guess that's no. He's that's not what a sympathetic mean, guy, you know. No, because maybe he was such a dick, uh, like very recently, mm. and Shane McMahon is not a dick enough, I guess. Yeah, you know, to turn it around. Yeah, it's I don't know it. I didn't. I didn't really like this match, to be honest with you. So yeah, it's, it was actually even their WrestleMania match. I was like underwhelmed by their WrestleMania match. It had some crazy spots, yes, but and the thing with like Mrs. Father was great. <laughs> yeah, but still, apparently he got his ribs broke. Legit. Well, uh, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> somewhere there. So yeah, yeah. Well, he's not a trained athlete, so there was a one gripe in this match. Uh, at me as a referee, anyway, going to yeah. point it out, but. Um, so there are no rope breaks in a steel cage match. Mm-hmm. 
That's right. However, the ref broke uh, the count here. Uh, I think was it Miz hit his skull crushing finale mm-hmm. uh, onto the chair, mm-hmm. but McMahon put his foot on the bottom rope, and uh, so this is the thing with with me. Why do why do these guys who've been in the business like let's say Shane McMahon? He's been in the business since he was born. Yeah, right. That's right. The referee has done countless matches. Mm-hmm. Who's the guy saying? okay, we're going to do a rope break. And why does nobody say, but you can't? Is it just like, well, just do it. Nobody's going to care. You know, to be honest, I don't know, because the thing is at some point I heard that Vince, uh, he changes his mind from time to time as far as like, you can't make the referees out to be buffoons. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, so respect, you know, their, their authority. And then at some point, you know, he'll change his mind and say, no, 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 you've got to do it this way. you got to do it that way. And then the refs look like complete uh, idiots. So the thing yeah. is that you know there there is that which rather quite a few people have actually you know who've been there have said that uh, that Vince has this tendency and um, depends I, I guess on his mood or whatever he's looking for at that specific point in time. But then again, I don't know. I don't have any answer for you. Yeah, I mean uh, even like what actually made it probably even worse that Michael Cole actually pointed it out on commentary. Yeah, and the fans didn't like the call either. Mm-hmm. So it, that actually makes the ref look like just such an idiot. And he's supposed to be—I mean, I don't want to go on a ref rant right now—but he's supposed to be respected. And once the ref looks like an idiot, then uh, you have a lot. I mean, if it's part of the if it's part of the storyline, mm-hmm. sure. But it was, it of course, wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, so it—I uh, don't—I don't like that kind of stuff. You could have done—they could have done so many more creative ways. Uh, there if that's what they wanted to do. But maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit too harsh or whatnot. But uh, mm-hmm. but then was there the Cruiserweight, Cruiserweight Championship match, uh, which I thought kind of flopped uh, what it could have delivered anyway. Tony Nice as the champion uh, going over uh, Aria Davari. Um, the brother, so, I guess, of Sean Divar. Yeah. Do you remember I, I, him? Yeah, I do, yeah. He was actually even in TNA or Impact, whatever they yeah, were yeah. at the time. But, um... I guess Sean is part of the office now. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, now his brother, I think he's like an agent or something. Anyway, the thing is that uh, his brother, Aria Divari, he's not on the level of this Tony Nese. I mean, the thing is, I think that he was either he was gassed or he was like... he, he Or then he's just not like on par with with what the, the athletic prowess of Tony Nese because the thing is that he was like dragging ass in this yeah. match. And and you could see it like several times where even his facial expressions, he's not convinced like or convincing in that uh, that he doesn't like as a heel, for example, he doesn't resonate the kind of personality that would make me want to somehow disdain him. Yeah. Right? And the th- that you know the one pet peeve that I have. These guys, even Samoa Joe back in TNA used to do this thing where he had that necklace around his neck the whole match. Oh yeah. And I thought like what buffoon would do this? Mm. And this guy now, this Aria Divari, he's got a gold necklace around his neck the entire match. Now there's no reason whatsoever. I don't care if you're a babyface or a heel, but the thing is, if your opponent's wearing something so obvious, choke them out. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You know, if you got an earring or a nose ring in that match, 
If you if you got the audacity to wear that thing into the ring, I'm going to rip it off. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, there you go. Like, honestly. Yeah. Improvise. But the thing is, it's like, it's, it's just buffoonish not to do so. Yeah, and I mean... Uh... This is, I think, correct me, anybody, if I'm wrong, but was this kind of like the first time the Cruiserweight Championship uh, actually had a spot on the main roster of a pay-per-view in at least the longest while that I can remember? Yeah. You know, since it's kind of debuted in a lot of ways, because this has been on the pre-show constantly, Mm -hmm. and, and it's always, in a lot of ways, stole the show, you know, with Buddy Murphy and, and all that but here you go, Buddy Murphy's not here. It, I mean, and it, uh, and then all of a sudden it's on the main, the main card, and it just didn't deliver. I mean, that well, that's know, that's. It, it took some time to actually get some steam behind it. Yeah, like towards the end, I was listening to that crowd. Okay, I heard that Hartford is a, is a, is a hard crowd anyway, but uh, sure, they they didn't like. They didn't buy that match in the beginning. And then once they got like really rolling towards the end, they started picking up and, and people started to become invested. But that said, I have an analysis to make here. Yeah. The 205 live matches on these pay-per-views, they are the new popcorn matches. You know, I uh, I might agree with you there. This, uh, uh, I guess they, they needed... Needed to put it there and take it off the pre-show in that way. Yeah. That they need need a time when people could get off the couch and go grab a beer or whatever the heck. Flip back to Game of Thrones or whatever was playing on the same night. You but, know why uh, I think it is the popcorn match, though? Hmm. It's the lack of character depth. Because the thing yeah. is that, do you... Okay, I don't watch 205 Live for the life of me, but from listening to other podcasts and, and other analyses of this dilemma that I'm just now referring to, uh, I think it's because they do, like Vince and his writing team don't let these guys do promos. They don't like have enough in the way of character development, uh, mic time, mic time, yeah, to get over and sell their personality to the audience. So you can put two athletic guys in the ring, yeah, just have them go. But it's kind of like if you have no emotional investment in these two guys. Why should you care? It's just an exhibition then, right? You're just, it's like, oh, that's, that's cool. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's neat. But they're not, they're not Hulk Hogan. They're not The Rock. They're not John Cena, right? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Anyway, yeah. next match. I guess uh, there was some bit about Strowman and uh, Sami Zayn hiding from him or whatever, and uh, Strowman being asked to leave uh, professionally by Triple H. After he hung... Sami Zayn upside down, and uh, <laughs> yeah, well, they found him like basically nailed to a cross, so to speak. Uh, it was, it wasn't a cross, but it was like still hung hung upside down. I guess yeah. the blood rushing to his head. They needed to get him get him down from there, and uh, that way they got him out of the men's uh, ladder match. Yeah, and uh, so he needed to have hmm. a uh, a replacement. Apparently, that's right. That's so right. Uh, we had the Raw Women's Championship then. Becky Lynch. Uh, defeating Lacey Evans via submission. The thing here is that, you know, I'm a huge Lacey Evans fan. Um, I think in NXT, she was really bright. I think that even her skits and, and some of her work now on the main roster is rather good. Mm. But here in this match, there were a few moments in this match when she actually choked. Yeah. 
And she, she's like not ready for this spot that they're putting her in right now. It reminds me in a way, and it's a bad comparison partially, but it's also a relevant comparison. When they had Lana challenge, I forget who it was for the woman's title a couple of years ago when they had Lana become a wrestler. And they, they brought her, I think it was Naomi or something. And they had her come in and challenge. And it was like she just wasn't on the level yeah, and and she didn't. She couldn't carry her part of the equation, and I think the same thing here is. I'm not sure if it's a thing to do, that has to do with like camera angles, because like in WWE, you you wrestle for the camera. That's the thing. You don't wrestle for the live crowd. You wrestle for the hard cam. Yeah, and if you're not in position, if you just figured like, oh, uh, geez, this is my move, but now it's the wrong corner or whatever. Yeah, you know, that's where you become befuddled, and I can understand. But that said, Lacey Evans now in this match, she showed enough cracks in her uh, armor that I lost some faith in Lacey Evans, at least for the time being, mm. uh, in light of the spot that she's been given. Yeah. Well, it is what it is, because the thing is that, uh, so Becky uh, retains the uh, the SmackDown woman's title. And uh, submission, boom, boom, boom. Uh, that was the disarmor. Yep. On to the next match as Charlotte Flair marches out to the ring and uh, demands that uh, the Raw title match take place right now. Yeah. No, 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 sorry. That was the Raw match. Yeah, against this the, is the yeah, SmackDown. Yeah, so yeah. now the SmackDown match, SmackDown title match takes place now. So anyway, so uh, Becky retains the Raw title over Lacey Evans. So, always uh, bugs me though that uh, that wrestlers can dictate when matches happen. Well, this is the thing, you know. It's, <laughs> so where, who's got the stroke, and and like, why doesn't the refer in the on, in like the pecking order, so to yeah. speak? Why doesn't the referee higher up on the pecking order? Yeah, I don't know. Well, why, you know, in that way, shouldn't the referee get some kind of okay from his boss, you know, or some, something like that? But like some authority figure's got to march out and actually make the call. Yeah, yeah but just, anyway, yeah. yeah uh, because that, to me, it would have made it a little bit better if, you know, somebody, Stephanie McMahon comes out and go and says, yeah, we're doing it now. Exactly. Then, then that's all you got to do. Yep. And then I'm, you know, half believing it anyway. So. That's it. But that's yeah, it. this was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, it was all right. It yeah. was all right. But yeah, but now like Bailey, uh, sorry, I mean, uh, Becky Lynch against uh, Charlotte Flair then for the SmackDown Championship. Nothing that they haven't done before. It was it was decent. It was all right. It wasn't stellar though. No, it wasn't like they were at WrestleMania. It was a notch below, or a couple of notches below that. Uh, and then out of nowhere, Lacey Evans, she's still hanging around at ringside. Pops with a, a woman's right. You know, so it's a big right hand. She yep. she punches uh, Becky. And uh, leading right into then the Charlotte Big Boot. Another, Boom. yeah, more shenanigans though, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. You can't gotta... can't have a victory over over anybody, it seems, without shenanigans. Well, the thing is, it's got to set something up for the next chapter. I guess. And all of a sudden, we have a new Raw, or so, sorry, SmackDown Women's Champion in Charlotte Flair for the ninth time, which that reign lasted rather uh, about two minutes mm-hmm. because down... Marches Bailey after yeah. after the heels after Charlotte and uh, and uh, Lacey Evans start to double team then on on Becky and start to beat her up good and proper and then all of a sudden to make the save Bailey comes out 
and Charlotte misses a spear in the corner on Bailey, and she, so to speak, knocks herself out in the turnbuckle, and uh, then Bailey cashes in her money in the bank and pins Charlotte Flair to become the new SmackDown Women's Champion, which I guess now that's where you understand the story comes full circle here. Yeah, she hit that big flying elbow. Which uh, which was not that good. No, but you know it. It can't. Once you get to see that Kyrie Sane's like that insane elbow. Yeah. You can't. You I mean, can't it, duplicate. What that. are you gonna do? No. Just stop doing a, stop, stop doing a top rope elbow. Yeah, just do something else. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, and the thing is, it's not even a, like close to a macho man elbow. No, right. So the thing is that it's 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 really hard to say. Like, it's really hard to like distinguish how she comes down. Mm. During that elbow, where's the where the where the contact yeah. is made and whatnot? But anyway, that said, um, yeah, new... she, she's supposedly then the uh, the first ever women's Grand Slam champion. There you go. So I guess she's won all the women's titles. Well, there you go. Yeah. Until they come up with a new one. Yeah, <laughs> the twenty four seven women's title. Actually, can can men win the twenty four seven title? Do we know that? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we I don't have know. No idea. I bet. There's no rules there, so uh, you never know. You know. Nia Jax could be the next one. So there you know. go. Who who the heck knows? Yeah. Anyway, onward, onward. Yeah. So, so. Uh, Roman Reigns going over Elias. Um, Boy, this was like I I don't know. Do have they lost faith in Elias, or like do they just not care for his wrestling? They care for his shtick, but do they care for his wrestling? I don't know. But uh, he was definitely just fed to the dog, you know, here, because uh, I guess they need to build Roman Reigns up hard and fast, and he needs to just squash guys pretty pretty quickly, especially when they're in this kind of upper mid-card, like, category here. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, doesn't seem... I, I thought this feud could have gone a little bit better um, with Elias, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. This was... was not very good either. Well, know. the thing is that, first of all, I mean, so for those of you who didn't see it, Elias blasts uh, Roman in the back with a guitar, shatters the, the, the guitar over uh, Roman. Yeah, electric guitar too, I think. No, 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 that was, was an acoustic in was the it? back, in the back, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So knocks Roman for a loop, uh, then marches out to the ring, takes an electric guitar, and ah, starts yeah. singing a song. Oh, that was, yeah. That's yeah. how it went down. Berates the people, then gets out of the ring, walks back to the dressing room. And then while he's walking up the ramp, Roman comes out, Superman punch, boom, gets him in the ring, spear, bang, one, two, three, didn't even, uh, I hate, didn't even get his robe off. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that kind of crap, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, it deflates uh, Elias to such a degree that, I mean, like at WrestleMania, once again, no match for Elias. And he just does his his skits and his shtick with a guitar. Yeah. His singing bit. John Cena then, like, you know, dumps him at, at Mania, comes out and does the rap thing, and then dumps him with the uh, attitude adjustment. And then now, the next pay-per-view, it's like they give him nothing again. Yeah. It's like, you know, you put, you put him on TV, you give him airtime, I mean, the people, he gets a response. I don't know, like, can this guy wrestle then or what? At least when, you know what, when when Jeff Jarrett came back mm. at the Royal Rumble and they had him and Elias do that match on Raw. Yeah. That was horrendous. Well, I actually have forgotten all about it, so it must have been, must have been just that. So. No, but it was like, it was, it was like 
just so loose and so like it was just paint by numbers and i'm not sure like the thing is that okay you put a certain amount of uh heat on jeff jarrett for you know that's as the veteran he's got to carry that match but by the same token elias he's got to shine he needs to shine Mm. and he just didn't shine at all in those matches and and i'm not sure if that's why I was saying a second ago that has it does WWE just not care for his wrestling? Maybe the, as a character for his shtick, because he gets a response for his singing. Maybe they they care for him in that aspect, but it's really tough to see how they're going to build him up as a credible wrestler anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, uh, if a guy keeps losing um, pretty badly. Mm-hmm then how does he get on these pay-per-views? You know, yeah, where's the credibility point. there? And uh, anyway. Justification. Yeah. So, uh, but here's the thing uh, that uh, noted that this Game of Thrones finale, yeah. this whatever hot TV show, if anybody has no idea what I'm talking about. I still haven't seen a single episode. No, no. I'm one of the I've, few. I'm one of the 1%. Well, uh, well, yeah, I guess. I've seen like the first three seasons, I think. Uh, but I... I didn't uh, keep continuing with that. Same with The Walking Dead. I I really liked it for a moment, and then uh, it just didn't draw me back into it. But anyway, supposedly that show uh, was just about to start on another channel, of course, and they need... This is like the the time, I guess, where they're really suspecting that their numbers are going to drop down. They're going to lose viewers, especially those ones who just pay 10 bucks a month to to, uh, watch it on the network. And uh, because... The pay-per-views I looked up, if you just buy straight pay-per-views from the cable company in the States, it's about 60 bucks. So That's nuts. $60. Um, and this is the thing, like uh, we were talking last week about that double or nothing and kind of giving a bit of a, like a bit of a complaint about their pay-per-view cost of forty nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Although here in, uh, we can watch it on Fight TV um, online, stream it on Fight TV for 22 euros. So, and I think it's like 14.99 pounds and uh, about 20 Australian dollars as well. So mm-hmm. it seems like people in North America are getting the shaft here, but that seems to be the par, you know, 49.99 mm. uh, up to $60 for this pay-per-view if you're going to order it straight off a provider. But anyway, um, I think that they were expecting their numbers to just fall. That's why they have a universal championship match with Seth Rollins and uh, AJ Styles. So, that, so that's the reasoning? I think that that's why they put this match here, was they really needed something mm-hmm. to try to keep people watching. Okay. You know, and as, as well as that Roman Reigns-Elias match, I think they needed, although I don't, you know, they just needed Roman Reigns. I guess they think that he's the draw. Mm. But uh, Seth Rollins, as the champion versus AJ Styles, universal championship match, I mean... The build is is really poor for this match, though. Yeah, this this should have been like a a massive massive build because these two yeah. guys, I think this this should have been, and I think it might it was in a lot of ways, you know, match of the night. In in that way, if there was no like crazy ladder match crap, even though it ended, mm. that ladder match will go to that, but in a moment. But um, I mean, everybody knows AJ Styles is is awesome. Uh, he's probably going to go down as one of the best of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, dependable. Yeah, and he's yeah always. And Seth Rollins is 
is a, one of those guys who can work when he re, when he really wants to. I think mm-hmm. I have sometimes I I watch him and he is he's slow and looks lazy and as if he's not in it. Mm-hmm. But I think he was inspired to and maybe was really clamoring for this match for years now. So, well, the thing is that uh, there still was some initial disconnect in the, especially the first half of this match. Mm. Like, and towards the end, of course, I mean, as usually as, as we get to the climax and then to the finish, there is more, more heat, but the, 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 it was a good match. Yeah. It, it, it really was. But it, that said, it could have been better. And, and the thing is that there was a certain, and I think the reason for that is that there wasn't enough of an emotional investment in the backstory. The the entire story yeah. for this match was rushed. Yeah. And they needed more time to have people really like burrow down deep and get into it. And um there was some initial even as I watched the match, I felt like in the first half there was just they were still looking at gel. Yeah. Getting to know you. You know, and the thing is there was actually if I remember correctly, I might you know I should watch it back now after all these years. But back in was it ninety three, they had this one. I think it was a SummerSlam match with Mister Perfect against Shawn Michaels. Yeah, if I remember correctly. All this, right. This well, that's the, a really good. Uh, you know, you would think that that's going to be match of the year for yeah, sure. Yeah, and the thing is that it wasn't all that great. Yeah, and and I think there is a parallel to be drawn here hmm. with that match because in our business. You need every match needs a so-called follower and a so-called leader. Yeah, yeah. It's like a dance, right? You know, so like somebody's got to lead the dance. Um, and I think that when you got two leaders, two guys that are used to carrying the charge, taking the torch into battle, whatever yeah. you know, the flag into battle, and calling the shots, they it doesn't translate at that point into the optimal match that it could be. Mm. So when you had like, let's say Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, Razor was the follower. Shawn was the leader. That's yeah. why Razor and WCW, especially on his own in those singles matches that he had, none of his singles matches were all that great. Uh, yeah. I, because I could he's say the, so, yeah. You've got to have a really strong leader. Mm. And now, so you have two leaders and that's why I think that there's a certain like uh, an uneasy gelling process to go through. Like it's almost like swimming in in mud uh, for a minute, you know, or for quite a few minutes um, before you find that common tune. And that's what I think happened here. Yeah. My, my own two cents. My my only gripe with this match, I mean, I... I... I pretty much agree what you're saying that they they had a bit of a hard time to get to know each other and I in in some ways I I saw it as uh, as just that, you know, that mm-hmm. uh that they were trying to figure each other out and and whatever but maybe it it didn't uh translate all that well but uh the one thing I didn't like uh and I don't know how often this happens actually now thinking about it but uh it was a really great reversal uh Rollins was going for the uh that uh, stomp deal, yeah, and uh, Styles popped it up and whacked it into a Styles clash, mm-hmm. and somehow Rollins kicks out at like a two point nine, you know, just the hair, yeah, um, and 
I, I just don't think you should kick out of a, a Styles clash, to be honest with you. I think your foot on the ropes, that's what I would have done, or grab the ropes or something like that. But you shouldn't, I don't think you should be able to, to kick out. You should try to protect that because, you know, to me it's a, it's quite a devastating move that has legitimately even broken the necks of, of guys, you know. So I, I don't see it as a move. I, th- I think it should be that's the it, that's it. Or this, you know, you have enough in your mind to grab a rope or put your foot out, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, but you can't, you can't kick it. That, that's what I would have wanted, you mm-hmm. know, but then again, you know, these false finishes are, are the shiz at now, I guess. And, uh, there was so many, like, just absolute, we call it back in, uh, at least the East coast of Canada, the, the sea hair, uh-huh. the, uh, the C-U-N-T hair. Uh-huh. Yeah. That hair. <laughs> <laughs> that you're just a sea hare away, you know. There was too many sea hare kickouts here, and uh, it uh, is that a marine rabbit sea hare? That <laughs> 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 uh, depends on where you are, I guess. Eh, but um, hey. yeah, <laughs> I had to slip it in. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like those sea hare kickouts, but um, you, they were just too many, maybe, and the Styles Clash should have been a should have been a rope. But um, anyway, that's my only thing. And uh, but it was cool that it was a clean finish as well. Yeah. There was no shenanigans here. Yeah, so that's, true. that's I, true. I really love it when that happens. Yeah, they can always pick it up through their promos and like some other angles and whatnot. Yeah, so they can always get back to it. Anyway, uh, then Kofi Kingston goes on to wrestle against Kevin Owens. We saw this match in Helsinki, by the yeah, way. Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. Well, almost, anyway. Well, no, well, they were, no, no, they they, they wrestled the, their singles match. It went to a DQ. Oh, well, that's right. Yeah, it did actually do DQ. Yeah, yeah sorry. that's right. Yeah, yeah. And then so, they added a match to the card without anybody uh, approving it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, WWE was here in Helsinki on the 10th of this month. Yeah. The tenth of May, and uh, the, the main event was Kofi as WWE Champion against Kevin Owens, which turned into then uh, a tag match with uh, Xavier Woods joining Kofi against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in a, I guess like a no no DQ type of no holds barred type of tag match kind of yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. kind of like barn burner, Texas tornado style. Anyway, and um, so but this was now then the pay per view match, yeah, and it was it was good. I yeah, thought, I, thought I thought it was, it was good. good. I thought it was good. Um, really, no gripes here. Uh, the one, well, okay, I got one gripe. For I even made a, a post today on Facebook, and I, I'm just astounded by the fact that so many guys these days and girls wrestle in sneakers. Ah, yeah. You know, and the thing is that. Why, what's with all the kick pads? Okay, everybody's dolling themselves up, and I, I guess if you don't have thick calves or big calves or whatever, okay, that's it's a way to compensate. It's also a way to like just dress yourself up and make yourself more colorful and just you know like more I guess interesting to look at. Um, but everybody wearing kick pads, well, first of all, it's like what are you trying to blunt the blow? Mm. You know, so it's like what's the purpose? Why do you have kick pads yeah. in pro wrestling? Um, now, but the thing with the sneakers, Kofi wearing sneakers now. Okay, John Cena was wearing sneakers back in the day. Somebody said on on my uh, Facebook post that uh, Jushin Liger back in the day was one of the first to actually debut sneakers under his kick pads in Japan. Yeah. 
Well, I don't. Well, well, but the, but maybe. there's so many guys, and like uh, even I look on the indies, and I see like guys and girls that are wrestling in sneakers underneath their kick pads, and it eats me alive. I mean, it's like like be professional, be a pro, get yourself some freaking boots. Yeah, I hear you. You know, it's like you, you don't show up in just shorts and a gym shirt, like a tank top, and you know, this is your wrestling gear, and a... no, hmm? look the part, have some professional pride. Well, anyway, so that's my gripe. Kofi wrestling in sneakers. And and Kevin Owens rips off his sneakers in this match. I don't even know why, because, like, it didn't serve any purpose. <laughs> maybe he was just pointing it out. Maybe it was, yeah. Maybe but he I, was ticked on the sneaker thing, too. Maybe he was, but, I mean, it, it didn't serve any purpose whatsoever. Anyway, but see, so Kofi hits the Trouble in Paradise. Bang! One, two, three. And uh, clean pin. Then we get to the men's ladder match. The Money in the Bank which started with like seven guys in total. So it was Ricochet, Randy Orton, Finn Balor, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, Andrade, who has dropped the CN Almas, and also Ali, who has dropped the Mustafa yep. from his uh, name. So, and it was supposed to be Sami Zayn, but Sami, because of what happened with uh, Braun Strowman on the show backstage, then dropped from this match. This was a brutal... Very ladder match. So. And, yeah. and it was one of the better ladder matches that I've seen to date. Like, the bulk of the work in this match was, it was good. It was ambitious. It was, well, it was dangerous, too. Um, yeah. Oof. I mean, Finn Balor, as you said off the top of this podcast, that he took the brunt, I would say, of the most nasty yeah. uh, bumps. And uh, that that one was a, was it the Sunset Flip Bomb. Oh, yeah. Andrade hit him with onto that ladder propped up and he literally bounced oh yeah like a few feet in the air like mm-hmm. you know and uh that was that was just brutal and um like that yeah, there was a ton tons of them and i think that these guys knew they must have they must have had the pep talk that okay we got the aew pay-per-view coming out on uh, the next saturday and you guys gotta you guys gotta like leave us in a you know, heap of bodies, basically put everything you got out there. But you, yeah. you had a good um, uh, Facebook update, was it, or tweet anyway that uh, that about these bumps? Uh, you, you could never pay me enough. Yeah, as as a wrestler, no. I mean, you know, I'm 46 now. I feel my body feels, you know, the the bumps over the years, the the certain stiffness that comes with age. You gotta like, you just gotta do more. You got to take care of yourself, man. Yeah. And um, this match, especially for a guy who's so athletically gifted, okay, it's going to leave an imprint in people's minds that, man, that Finn Balor, Mm. but for his longevity and for his, like, health, overall career outlook, not a good indicator. No. Um, And then uh, even Ricochet took a pretty crazy bump. He did. Yeah, snapped that ladder in half and everything. Yeah, so I mean, it's like those two guys, they took some pretty insane punishment, especially, once again, Finn Balor took the worst brunt of it. Uh, in this match, you know, I'll tell you what, I've never liked Baron Corbin. I, I, I've i never liked him, Yeah, you know, ever, ever. I'm with you there. Uh, in this match, though, he showed me some stuff that I was surprised. Yeah. I think that he he upped the ante, so to speak, in this match. He he was bit he was better than on average. All right, up until now, but I still don't like him. 
Was it maybe the who he was working with, you know? Yeah, of course. You're only as good as the guy that you're in the ring with. Uh, yeah. That's the old adage in our business. But um, Drew McIntyre, he's lost some steam, too, you know, after that uh, outing with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, which was, uh, well, underwhelming, I guess, too. I mean, it just, the crowd, I think, was deflated at that point at Mania. But Drew, still, they're building him up, and they're still trying to push him as this, you know, he's, he. I think he's going to be, like, the champion pretty damn soon. Hmm. I think, yeah. I, I, I honestly, I, I really think that he's got the look, he's got the work ethic, I think he's got all the tools that that the company needs for, like, a lead guy. But... There's still something right now that in this match, he didn't shine as bright as he could have. Yeah. He didn't. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, but then what uh, basically snuffed the the wonderful, uh, shocking steam out of this match mm-hmm. was uh, somebody who just wandered down. Suddenly his music plays. Yeah, Brock Lesnar out of nowhere and Paul Heyman coming down to the ring or Brock running down to the ring and just tipping over the ladder as Ali is is about to grab the grief the briefcase and uh yeah, just Brock lackadaisically walks up the ladder, unhinges it and uh closes the show on top of the ladder laughing. And but yeah. th- this is what they want, right? I guess uh you got to be, well, you know, I don't know. In, in that way, uh, you know, I heard a lot of people were even, uh, sh- they were so shocked they thought it was great, you know. But mm-hmm. to me, it was so disappointing, you know, because I saw the hard work that those guys were doing and then they just goes back. Yeah. It just goes back to him and, uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, to me, it's just really disappointing. Well, the thing is, once again, it's if Fox wants Brock Lesnar versus... Bill Goldberg as a lead program, they're going to get it. And it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. So this is one way of just getting there. And like I said in my, before the first commercial break, I said, my prediction is that in Saudi Arabia at that crown jewel on the 7th of, uh, of June, what's going to happen is that, uh, Lesnar is going to cash it in on Kofi Kingston. I think that Dolph Ziggler loses the match to Kofi and he's all beat up at that point. And Brock just comes in F5, boom, a couple of suplexes before that maybe, and one, two, three. Yeah, there you go. And I think that Undertaker is not going over in this match against Bill I Goldberg. I, I think, think it's so going to be, either. it's going to be under five minutes, going to be short. It's going to be uh, Goldberg taking the pin, taking the win in the pin. Yeah, well, uh, that was Money in the Bank, uh, brought to you by the World Wrestling Entertainment. And uh, after the world, oh man, Vince oh, is going to yeah. be mad at you, man. Dang it! Well, no, it's, send it's him my way. Not the WWE. It's just WWE. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we got our sponsors coming up yet again, and uh, then we're going to just uh, smash off what's going to happen this Saturday. May 25th at Double or Nothing, AEW's first pay-per-view. Estrada Creative Helsinki, your brand and story with the strength of modern marketing. 
Social media gets your brand and message in your audience's hands, and your story with the boost of marketing and videography is your strongest means of persuasion. That's where Estrada Creative Helsinki gets involved. Check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Estrada Creative Helsinki. Marco Simonen offers photography and video production for business and marketing. In addition, editorial and portrait work welcome. For more, see marcosimonen.com. That's M-A-R-K-O-S-I-M-O-N-E-N.com. All right, and we are back here on Shootin' the Shizat. We were just talking about Money in the Bank, WWE's pay-per-view. They just delivered to us on the weekend with some interesting uh, results. And uh, actually, I wanted to ask you, how many bucks? How many bucks was that pay-per-view worth? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking three and a half. Three and a half. All right. Well, that's actually pretty good. And, yeah. I, you know, there was some pretty good matches on that card, too. So, uh, Yeah, and then also on the pre-show, it was Daniel mm. Bryan and Rowan against uh, yeah. the Usos. So I guess that was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was good. But I haven't uh, seen it. I guess. Yeah. Check it out still. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, here we go to the now, uh, I guess, newly anticipated or instated. I don't know what word I'm going to use. But anyway, the competition, the first ever seeming to be real kind of competition since the WCW era. Mm-hmm. Um, we have yet to know what kind of competition, if it actually is, in fact, competition, but everybody suspects it is. They are coming to you live from Las Vegas, Nevada, at the MGM Grand Arena. And they are, I guess it's on this Saturday, May 25th, for uh, you folks on that side of the globe over here. It kind of hits in the very wee hours of the morning on the 26th. But it is double or nothing AEW, and we're just going to talk, I guess, about it and uh, what is going on. Because today... At least on the Thursday, anyway, um, we know we actually had word that first of all that Hangman Page, uh, Adam Page, versus Pac was canceled on the weekend due to due to basically Pac says um, he doesn't want to work for AEW anymore. And Why there was a so what happened was Pac uh, on last week can't remember the day. In Nottingham, England, they had um, uh, some kind of, uh, I can't remember the name of the event, but it was maybe like, it was a Dragon Gate style uh, event, and the main event was Pac uh, in a three-way with two other guys. They didn't show up for the show, and then he said, because nobody wants to touch him in this continent or whatever, because he's so good, out walks Adam Hangman Page, where they were supposed to have this match at Double or Nothing. They had a Really, like, absolutely stunning match. So you should check that out. It's on YouTube on AEW's channel. You can watch now. And um, I'll spoil the finish. So if you're not interested in that, then you know. Give it to me. (laughs) So basically, uh, Adam Page does this really great buckshot lariat, he calls, where he does kind of like a flipping springboard from the apron to the inside and a big, uh, big smashing lariat. And um, he was setting up for that. And Pac was looking like he was going to go down and uh, for this one. And Pac just tries, grabs the referee, low blows the referee. Pac, uh, Page whips in, does the lariat, does a, does a cover, 
you know, the crowd counts the three. The ref gets up and says, match is over, disqualification. So Page wins by DQ. Then Pac comes back to the ring because the Page is arguing with the referee, like, hey, I don't want to win by DQ, la, la, la. And Pac beats the living tar out of him with a chair, smashes his knee many, 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 many times, kicks him out of the ring and says, okay, you know, the match is off. I'm not coming to double, double or nothing. And I'm for all that, I'm not even going to be in AEW at all anymore. And all I wanted to do was hurt you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've done that. So that's it. This could be a story. Yeah. Well, it was presented in that way that there's something going on and there, the, Dave Meltzer, you know, or Dave Feltzer, whatever his name is, uh, he was saying. Ms. Eltzer? Yeah, Mr. Miss Eltzer. Miss Elka Seltzer was uh, talking about how there was some, because they want to do this wins and losses matter. The booking is going to be very much trying to be like a real sport booking. So there was this idea that Pac is the dragon, open the dragon gate or open the dream gate, I think, ch- yeah. uh, champion. And uh, for dragon gate, big deal. And he's, it is a big deal. Not saying, well, big deal. But um, he's uh, he doesn't want to lose while he has that belt. Doesn't right. matter where he goes. Doesn't want to lose. Uh-huh. That's why when I was in Rev Pro, he had a thirty-minute time limit draw with Osprey. He did the same draw with Zack Saber Junior. Uh-huh. So he's just wanting DQs or draws or wins, and um, while he has that title, because he doesn't think a champion should lose. Fair enough, right? And um, so it had nothing really to do with that Hangman Page match at Double or Nothing, because most likely he would have gone over, and then he would have gone. Uh, forward to probably it looked like they were booking him to do a singles with Kenny Omega mm-hmm. and along the lines pretty shortly and um I guess he there was some kind of thing where well you can't beat Kenny Omega in this kind of uh situation mm-hmm. but he doesn't want to lose and so they didn't want to do a DQ or a or a time limit draw mm-hmm. so this is of course you know rumor and speculation so they said, okay, we can't have this match then, so we have to postpone this stuff. This was the first match that they booked and presented mm-hmm. for this show when they did their press release, so a lot of fans were pretty ticked because mm-hmm. a lot of fans already bought the pay-per-view and they were saying that was one of the matches that they really wanted to see. Uh-huh. However, AEW says that they have something bigger planned now that that spot's been opened up, so they better freaking have something bigger because I think that was a big... That was a big deal. So then t- on Thursday this past week, they did a, usually this Being the Elite series comes out every Monday. They had a another one on mm-hmm. Thursday. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hangman Page announces that the doctors have not cleared him now and he's got a knee injury and can't even wrestle at AEW's w- double or nothing. Mm-hmm. So that match is completely off the card. So... There's something going on here, and I'm hoping that it's uh, it's going to be a good payoff. I mean, a lot of the speculation, actually, that I've seen around this past week is that John Moxley, a.k.a. Uh, Dean Ambrose, is um, going to debut there, which will maybe shock me a little bit, because seeming as how he left WWE, I, I didn't think it was going to be a deal, but supposedly AEW was aggressively interested in him. Mm-hmm. And they, um, Jack Swagger or Jake Hager, I guess. Yeah, that's the one. He um, slightly let slip that he wouldn't want to debut at Double or Nothing because he wouldn't want to be in the shadow of John Moxley. If oh. John Moxley debuts at Double or Nothing, of course, uh-huh. throwing that in the end. But right. so there's your rumor. Don't, I mean, be surprised. 
because uh, I guess you should be, because it uh, is would be, I guess, a big deal. But somebody that maybe they could really benefit from star power-wise that can fill that spot. I was actually thinking that um, they were still going to do an Adam Page match with a, some kind of open challenge or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. maybe it's Joey Ryan, your favorite wrestler, and, uh, mm-hmm. and or, you know, John Moxley. But anyway, that's the kind of news and rumors going on about this. So in a lot of ways, it just builds a lot more anticip- anticipation up here that there's all this. And a lot of people are saying, oh, right, even before their first show, mm-hmm. you know, they got wrestlers uh, wanting out of the business, uh, out of the company. And I think it's, I think it's a story deal. And, uh, and I think it's good because it gets people just yammering and yammering. You know, well, then I guess we should just uh, get to the actual card and what matches we do have. Yeah, so I guess the the show starts off actually with this. Uh, they call it the buy in, and they've changed the. Uh, they have their own. Uh, it's called the Casino Battle Royale. It's a twenty one man uh, situation, and uh-huh. it actually has different rules now. So they have uh, each guy draw a card from a deck. They have five uh, cards for each suit. Yeah. And uh, depending on what suit you draw, that's your team in terms, not that you're going to be actually teaming with, but that's the team that you enter mm-hmm. the ro- battle royal with. And uh, then there's the guy who draws the Joker, and he's lucky number 21 who comes in last. Mm-hmm. So, and the winner of this gets a shot at uh, the, uh, I guess, uh, the winner of Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega, which is the main event, I assume. And that is going to be for the inaugural AEW World Championship. So whenever that happens down the line. So it's a pretty high stakes battle royal deal with interesting rules. I'm I'm actually quite interesting to see how this takes place. But uh, I mean, you probably, if you're not uh, uh, huge in the indie wrestling scene, you're most likely going to be unfamiliar with almost all of these names. Uh the newest to be announced is uh, Sean Spears, a.k.a. Ty Dillinger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's now there. He drew lucky number 10 as the perfect 10 he is. Uh, however, we got uh, Sonny Kiss, uh, Brandon Cutler, Ace Romero, Glacier, mm-hmm. oddly enough. Well, I mean, uh, happily... Uh, the Glacier. The Glacier, yeah. From WCW. That's it. And he's... 20 years later. Yeah, and I think he's even uh, in their, like, uh, um, what would you call it, their dojo, or at least one of their trainers or something mm-hmm. like that as well. Or something uh, along those lines. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr., uh, hopefully he does quite well, because uh, I'd love for him to do something good. Uh, Sunny Days, uh, MJF, uh Joey Janela, another one of your favorites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dustin Thomas, Billy Gunn. Wow. So there Billy, you go. So Billy is no longer with WWE. No, he's actually a uh, he's in the uh, also in the um I guess uh, talent relations for AEW. He's one of their uh also backstage guys. Actually, I think he's an agent or or something like that. But oh, okay, um, there you go. Talent mm-hmm. uh dude. Uh Jimmy Havoc, um he's uh, one of these uh one of the biggest, I guess, uh, British uh, deathmatch wrestlers. And apparently he's quite quite a good actual worker at the same time. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Nakazawa, a Japanese uh, guy who they've got an ongoing storyline with uh, on being the elite and all that. Jungle Boy, who's, uh, is it uh, Jason Priestley's son? Um, anyway. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Isaiah Cassidy, uh, Mark uh, Keen, Luchasaurus. What a name. Yeah. Uh, Sean Spears, as I said. And then we have uh, four, I think, TBA, TBA spots that we don't know of yet. So, so out of this, like, unless one of these TBAs ends up being yeah. like a big name, I mean, if you're going to have a future AEW World Championship match, so is, is did I understand correctly that yeah. this is going to be the, the inaugural crowning of the first champion? Uh, not this match, but this gets the shot. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So, like, once the winner of this Battle Royal faces the winner of Jericho Omega, that's going to, to determine that match will then yeah. determine the... Yeah actual first AW champion. That's it. Well, there you go. Then you've you better have somebody big to put up against Jericho or Omega. I mean it's and looking at this list that you just rattled off, yeah. I don't see anybody. I don't like in that position, I don't yeah. see anybody. I mean there's a t- word on the street since MJF uh he's kind of uh, quite in with uh, at least in storyline wise in with the uh with Cody and and those guys and being featured quite a lot, I still don't I, I don't see it. Um, he's too he's way too green. I think he's got a lot of ladders to climb. I hope anyway. I don't I don't want to see him actually yet in that kind of. But uh, I like his personality. He's he's got a great character. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's good in the ring. He's very solid as from what I've seen. Okay. But I've seen him with a lot of veterans. He was with Matt Cross uh-huh. uh, at that all in. Yeah. And uh, you know they they pulled off a pretty good match. Um, but then again, uh, Joey Janela is another guy that is least, you know, he's known, uh, but I don't see, I can't see him against a, a Jericho or Omega. He's in, not a guy for that spot. No. no. And then, um, you know, Sean Spears, Ty Dillinger, he's the only guy I see here that I would consider, uh, relatively worthy of that spot, but I also think that uh, it's not enough star power. But then again, maybe they want to go with like a relatively unknown guy to kind of, you know, launch him into the spotlight. You know, cause, I, I think that's what it's going to be too. You know, so yeah. let's see. And maybe he has like a, uh, an ad, uh, like a Admiral match against uh, Jericho or Omega and, mm-hmm. um, but uh, maybe because either one of those guys could make basically a broomstick look good. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. You never know. The other, um, on this buy-in free free to watch, by the way, uh, hour, the first hour is on YouTube, on the AEW channel, uh, free for all eyes, is going to be Kip Sabin and Sammy Guerrera. Um, so uh, this these guys are two... Uh, very good fundamental wrestlers and uh, really good, um, I guess, cruiserweight dudes. I think Sammy Guerrero is, um, is he uh, actually uh, the AAA uh, cruiserweight champion, I think, maybe, or at least he has been very recently. And uh, Kip Saban, I don't know if you're too familiar with him. Nope. But um, uh, he's, I guess, a pretty big deal or has been a big deal in Europe. So um, let's... Uh, Let's see what these guys can pull off. Hopefully, they they get some time and to show us something good. But uh, yeah, it's probably a toss up, a fifty fifty who who wins that one. Then they have this six woman tag team match. Yeah, all Japanese girls. Yeah, Aja Kong, 
I can't believe it. They got Aja Kong. Yeah, they do. She's signed oh. at least uh, to the roster, so I don't know uh, mm-hmm. if it's exclusive or whatnot. But okay. uh, big oh. ass, mean lady. Yeah, it's been a lot. Been around for a long, long time, man. Wow. Yeah. She's got to be close to fifty nowadays. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She has to be. Yeah. Yuka Saka uh, Sakazaki, uh, Emi Sakura mm-hmm. uh, versus Hikaru Shida Riho Abe. And Rio Mizunami. Mm. I got no idea what to expect from this match. The biggest name here, of course, is Aja Kong. Second biggest name here, I think, is Emi Sakura. Uh, the curiosity factor for me here is Aja Kong. Yeah. Just to see how it plays out. I think she could still be, if she's still in condition, she could be a monster heel to just tear apart these pretty girls. Yeah, I love it. She's yeah. 48, by the way. I just uh, yeah, okay, there you go. did the old Wikipedia. But, um, All right. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for this because I think um, this is going to show uh, like a different side to women's wrestling and that they have all these, that they're all Japanese. Yeah. They've most likely worked together or at least they, uh, I don't know, maybe in that way when you have kind of these uh, mixed matches where the, the language barrier might play a role. But I think this is in a lot of ways safe to throw these women in there with this uh, six-woman tag deal because... Uh, I think it's going to be pretty spectacular, you yeah. know, and I think it's going to give some uh, women's divisions run for their money at, uh, from that match itself. But um, then uh, there's also um, uh, Best Friends, which is Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, and they are going against Angelico and Jack Evans. And uh, Angelico and Jack Evans, I think, were have been in AAA um, as a tag team and doing some really great things and both have been in Lucha Underground and they're they're pretty nuts, the two of them. And uh, I I expect that to be a pretty solid tag team match. I don't know if you've seen much of uh, the best friends, Chuck Taylor. And I've seen a bit. Trent I, Beretta. I, I hate the name. Yeah. Best friends. I mean, it's just a really bad name. Yeah, well, um, it got I, over pretty good in, in Ring of Honor, I guess, you know, yeah. but... Uh, it, that's a universe unto itself, I guess, you know. Yeah. I was with Angelico in uh, in Smash. In oh, Japan. yeah. Yeah, we wrestled uh, on the same shows, several of them. And uh, he, How was he? He was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a tall kid, you know, and uh, he's, he's, he's really talented. I mean, he was good back then. He's just gotten better since then. So, I mean, he's done really well. Good for him. Yeah, he, really good. He wanted to travel the world, and he got to do it. Yeah. And he, he went for broke. I mean, he made a name for himself. Made himself valuable, got on Lucha Underground. Mm. Now he's in AEW. Good for him, man. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, but so yeah, let's see what happens with that one. Then we've got uh, the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, the also co-owners of this AEW franchise. Yep. Uh, against the Lucha Brothers, Penta, El Zero, Miedo. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Zero Vin- Fear. Yeah, Zero Fear. And Phoenix, his brother, the uh, tag team match for the Triple Eight World Tag Team Championship. I forget who I was talking to just a while ago hmm. about Triple A, and they just said that it's just the wrestling is not good. They're, the the numbers that they're doing now for like their Madison Square Garden show, yeah, the presale is not good at all. And I was asking why. Yeah, yeah. And they said, well, they just don't have good wrestling. It's just it's just a lot of real vi- like violence like I've heard that's pretty violent these yeah, days yeah yeah and and but like the actual like just good 
solid wrestling is yeah it's not so much and then i was asking who well who are your top gaijins or your top gringos because yeah, yeah. you know you got to talk about mexicos they're gringos not uh, gaijin that's, that's right yeah so anyway and it's like they rattled off a few names and i thought to myself well like they, i don't see any like pay-per-view star power in these names mm, yeah well, i haven't watched much triple a you know, in in quite a while, actually, at least down to some like just individual matches here and there. Yeah, but um, I know that they have some talented uh, dudes there. But um, well, of course, they got talented people. Know, but the thing is, you got to let them. You know, like you got to let, let like wrestlers do what wrestlers do best. Yeah, and if you can just like pull out a damn good wrestling match, then just do that. Don't do the ultra violent shit. Yeah, yeah. She's at. Yeah, well, there you go. But I I expect this match to be quite good because these two teams have worked together really well in the past yeah and um i think that uh, lucha brothers will will win they'll win those triple a tag team belts back i think that the the young bucks will will uh take a dive tonight or that night anyway mm-hmm. so i guess it would be tonight when this airs but uh anyway so but i think it's it's so far at least um the main card, these matches are looking really solid. Then we have, uh, I guess, the another a triple threat or a three-way women's match here is uh, Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, uh, Nyla Rose, and Smiley Kylie Ray. Well, Nyla Rose is uh, a transgender, right? Right. And uh, so it's not quite a women's match. I guess it's a three-way. Three-way match. Three-way person match. Yeah. Uh, I saw Nyla Rose's, uh, promo- promotional pictures, like originally, I didn't know who she was or who, who they were. Um, and I thought to myself that, well, they didn't sign the most aesthetically like, you know, uh, appealing girl out there. Right. That's what I could, like my first impression was right. Then, then I found out afterwards that, uh, that, uh, well, it's a transgender wrestler. So. Um, well, let's, let's see what happens there. I think like Britt Baker in this match, I think she's the, the most, how could you say the, uh, most appealing of the bunch, perhaps with the experience and also her background, the, the backstory. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see Britt Baker take this one. Um, but I think this Nyla Rose is almost like AEW's Nia Jax. I, like at least an image, I don't Mm. know how they work, but, uh, in image. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's definitely got this, like, angry deal going on there. And, um, you know, I think that in that way, star power-wise, you know, it looks like Britt Baker is going to take it. And I think that uh, Kylie Ray is too green. Uh-huh. And I think she's going to get tossed around pretty good. Who and is this Kylie Ray? Smiley Kylie, um, you know, where has she been uh, before here? I don't even I don't even remember, but uh, at least she's been on the indie circuit, and um, uh-huh. she's, I think, even like almost two years in the business. Okay, be... so she's pretty fresh. Yeah, but she's got this gimmick where she's kind of like a Bailey style uh-huh. that she's super happy and very PG, like in the idea, and you know, always smiling, of course, and has you know on her uh, outfit this big smiley face, and she's always hugging kids, and you know. This kind of thing, like over the top positivity kind mm-hmm. of vibe, which is the gimmick there. And uh, apparently, she's a great worker, especially for only being in the business for two years. So I really, this is the time where 
you know, if you're going to be on this show mm -hmm. and you're going to choke, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's going to, I guess, uh, not be a good thing for the, your future anyway. So, well, I think they'll have their match put together by that point. Yeah. So. Well, you, you'd think six months, uh, in the making. So yeah, yeah. we got Cody versus Dustin Rhodes. Why did formerly... Cody drop the Rhodes last name? I mean, he's, he's just been using Cody for the yeah. longest time now. Why? I think originally, um, he was, he didn't own it and it was owned by WWE. Really? Yeah. But how can they own your. They owned, yeah. Well, okay. Well, th then again, it's Runnels is his uh, real last name. So, yeah. I think so. Uh, but I, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. But anyway, maybe the thing is that, uh, now he does own the Rhodes name. He got it back yeah. then, eh? Yeah. But he still doesn't want to use it because he, he apparently wanted, uh, just the single name a single name wrestler name kind okay, of deal. I guess he wants to create his own legacy then. Yeah. I think that's the thing with the, like the, the nightmare family shtick and like the American nightmare, not the yeah. American dream, but the American nightmare. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, so brother against brother, Cody against Dustin Rhodes. So Dustin, I guess will have at least half of his face painted and, uh, yeah. kind of like gold dust meets his a or his uh, tna persona which was what, black was it? rain i think yeah, it was something like yeah. that yeah it was a rather terrible name back then yeah it, but uh yeah dustin Rhodes. anyway i think you know like it has the potential to to be a decent match hmm? i think it does i think like here at least you have a story that people can relate to because they saw these guys in wwe yeah Right. And I think a lot of people wanted this match in WWE, so... And it, uh, it was like one of those years, I forget which one it was, but I think like, it was two years in a row, actually. Cody was the one that threw out Dustin from the uh, the Rumble. Oh, yeah. All yeah. right. There he you dumped, go. He dumped him out, yeah. Hmm. So that's, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. It's it's a, it's a rather strong build for this match. I think the uh, the promos that they both did were rather good. Yeah, I think they were really good. Yeah. up to this match, yeah. yeah. So it should be uh, one of the marquee matches for sure. Yeah, and then we got another, uh, it's a three-way um, or a six-man tag. It's the SoCal Uncensored, Southern California Uncensored, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky versus the Strong Hearts, which is from this Oriental... Uh, Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah, yeah. the OWE, which is, I guess, uh, fronted by SEMA or SHIMA. I don't know how you pronounce it, but uh, I've heard yeah. a few different ways now. But Former Dragon Gate guy. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, very uh, talented as well, and he's in that team as well. SEMA, T-Hawk, and L. Lindemann. And so it's going to be interesting to see. That, that I think that, um, that, that, well, SoCal Uncensored, the group went over to China and um, did a workshop with that uh, OWE, mm -hmm. and um, they, I guess, this Strong Hearts team was is kind of like their representation. So I expect actually the uh, Strong Hearts team to go over SoCal and Censored just to kind of give them a big push on the American side of things here. So I, I mean, I think it'd be good. Yeah, like for that to happen. Yeah, 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 and also to establish that. OWE. I saw some training videos of the OWE guys from their yeah. own like training center, their own performance center. Right. They are like Jackie Chan freaking stuntmen. Really? Yeah. yeah. They're they're insane. They're like pretty skinny and pretty like small guys, but yeah. still like they're just it's it's like watching one of those like 
Hong Kong fight movies. Yeah, well, it's crazy. Yeah, well, I'm I'm pretty excited to see what 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 are they going to bring. So, um, and then I guess uh, what I presume will be the main event, which is Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega, as it should be, and it's number two, their second meeting, and uh, yeah, the winner faces the Casino Battle Royale winner in the future AEW Championship match. So. Uh, I mean, I expect nothing less than a great match. So, well, yeah, the thing is, that the, this match that these two guys had at that uh, New Japan, yeah, the, the Dome show a couple of years ago, yeah, the Wrestle Kingdom twelve, I think. Yeah, but yeah. it was it was really damn good. It was good. Yeah, it was really damn good. Yeah. So the thing is, you know, the funny thing about this match, by the way, once again, you know, we're we got two Canadian guys out of Winnipeg. Mm. You know, like fronting the show. Yeah. Right? That's it. Canadians, brother. That's it. That's where it's at. A. That's it. You know where the best wrestling comes from, eh? That's right. And then Jericho, not even uh, basically a month uh, later, a month in, I guess, uh, into June, he's hopping over to New Japan Pro Wrestling for Dominion. He's going to wrestle Okada for the IWGP Championship uh, belt. So, oh, Chris Jericho is just running all over the world. Um, uh, like just jacking things into his legacy here, and it's really impressive. And uh, I mean, who who else can do stuff like this? It's just like unheard of. And uh, the way that he's doing it, I really like how he's got these character progression here with the pain maker going against the rainmaker. Yeah, to me, it's like hilarious that nobody thought about that already. You know? Yeah. But uh, it's uh, it's who does it first, and uh, you know. Great on him, and uh, I, not to knock Chris Jericho, but I do think that Kenny Omega is going to win again. I think it's going to be uh, maybe not a clean victory, but uh, you know there might maybe not shenanigans, but uh, Jericho is is great as a heel, um, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting. However, then again. Omega did beat him on the first time around. So but the thing, you know, I'm I'm kind of seeing it from the other side though. I'm thinking that uh, Jericho's got this Dominion show, and he's in the main event. He needs the momentum, yeah, to carry over the hype to carry over. So how about he defeats Kenny Omega on this one here? Yeah, it goes to Dominion, and whatever happens there happens there. But that's why I'm fifty fifty with that one. Yeah, I mean it. it it's a really great story that uh, since. Kenny Omega was one of the first, I guess, at least the first in that that run with Okada to beat him. Yeah. And then if Jericho beats Kenny Omega, then the idea that Jericho can beat Okada is just even that much more exactly. lifted up. That's I'll it. take it. I love I love either way, you know. I'm I'm all for those guys. They're my boys, even though they're from Winnipeg, Winterpeg, and uh, we're the Ontario syndicate. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's all the same place. At the end of the day. Well, the thing is that, uh, by the way, you were saying that Pac said that he's not yeah. going to wrestle for AEW. That's right. Well, they got another event on uh, June 29th, which is the same day, by the way, as as WrestleAid here yeah. in Finland. And uh, they have advertised already, and this is from Wikipedia. Yeah. They have the Elite, so Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, versus... The Lucha Brothers, Penta and Phoenix, and Pac. Yeah, I mean he's still actually in their advertisements. You know, they uh, even ran a a poster. I think it was today 
or yeah, on Thursday at least, and um, they had Pac and Hangman Page in the poster, and people were saying, "Why are you?" You know, people were getting up in arms as whatever, but uh, uh-huh. you know, saying false advertising, blah blah blah. But um, I expect that to be switched as well in the future. But yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I I'm pretty sure that Pac is going to be wrestling for AEW. I think that you know, there's a there's a bigger reason why uh, this this match got uh, put to the side. So yeah, but we'll find out on Saturday. Absolutely. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, so you're you're going to be watching that. Are you going to get that Fight TV app? And yeah, I have it already. Yeah, uh, I've right. watched a few things on it before. And um, but how can how can it be like less expensive on the same damn app in Europe and yeah, a different price in America? It's the same app, right? No, actually, no? that's the thing. Ah. Uh, so this BR Live Bleacher oh, Report right. Live is uh, hosting it uh, in North America. Okay, yeah, that's right. You know, the funny thing is now Jim Ross is with uh, with AEW, right? Yeah, he's, he's the announcer, and Jim Ross owns part of Fight. Does he? Yep. Oh, there you go. Which is kind of weird that then Bleacher that they put it on Bleacher Report. But then again, maybe they'll know, they, Bleacher they, Report's owned by this uh, Warner. Uh, yeah, so that's probably why, yeah. right? So, so there's the thing some is deal that, there. Yeah, yeah. But so they're spreading their wings, you know, so like several different directions and everybody's getting a cut. So I guess that's the deal. Whatever, you know, and then in in the UK, it's not on fight either. It's on this ITV. um, I guess they have a streaming service as well. So yeah. And uh, like, what does that actually say about ITV brought back like this world of sport? And I guess it flopped. I think it it did. uh, I think it got just nailed by... um, by that uh, NXT UK, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. It just got buried, yeah. And a lot of that talent just moved over. Yeah. Like Kaylee Ray, for example, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, so I guess it's a done deal, and, and I guess ITV then has uh, an interest still in carrying pro wrestling in England, and uh, like maybe this is AEW's door to the UK. Who knows? Yeah. Who Apparently knows? it's a big deal. So, I mean, I don't know the network situation in the UK, but a lot of UK fellas have said that uh, this is a, a very big, a good spot to be on. It's on ITV4, mm-hmm. which I guess is not their main huge deal, but it's at least, you know, a good spot to be on. You know, Rock and roll. There you go. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging in there this week with us here on Shooting the Shiz At. Once again, next week we'll be back with you. New episodes every Saturday. And uh, for those of you who still don't have your tickets here for the June 29th WrestleAid show in Rauma, Finland, that's on the west coast of the country, beautiful place. It's going to be on the rooftop of a shopping center. It's going to be a parking lot turned into a wrestling arena that day. Make your plans now. Go to Ticketmaster.fi, punch in WrestleAid, and get your tickets now for June 29th here in Finland, the biggest international pro wrestling super show of the summer in the nordics if not all of europe we'll catch you next week